Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yay, yay, we are back, baby. It is our Monday episode on a Tuesday. The reason why we're having our Monday episode on a Tuesday is because we decided to attend the worst game in the history of football last night. Literally the worst performance I've ever seen in my life. I had literally Easily. no fun at that game. I had no fun. I, lo- I also lost my credit card at that game. So I also I- placed a bunch of bets. Yeah. None of them hit. Lost them all. Mostly because they were Jets-based. Yep. I-, I had so many bets that were Jets-based. That's what we get for being false... Just f- buying into the false hope of the Jets. I mean, the like Patriots. Every year. The Patriots now have the large, the second largest margin of victory in their first seven games. Baby Sam here ever. couldn't make a damn throw. It wasn't his fault, man. Well, I mean, look, some of it was on him, but they were thoroughly outcoached, and that offensive line gave them no time at he all. You seeing ghosts out here? Oh man, yo, did you see the 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 blowback? Apparently, NFL Films is not happy about that. Yeah. NFL Films is like, we, we don't show certain things for certain reasons, and whoever approved that is a dickhead. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of messed up. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, especially for a young guy like that. Anyway, um, we have a lot to talk about today. Today was the NFL trade deadline, so we'll get into the trades that went down, some big trades. The NFL trade deadline used to be completely useless. No one ever traded anyone. But now it's becoming more like the MLB trade deadline where there's actually some trades that go down. It's kind of crazy. So people realize that if you're losing, you might as well trade your good players for assets. Oh, who would have thunk it? Right. Um, no, but for real, though, let's get into this news. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Donnie H. Oh, good old Donnie H. Always there for you when you need him. All right, let's also. Let's... I'm pretty sure there's one more week left before the trade deadline. Where am I bugging? I'm pretty sure it's right after they change it from after the sixth week to after the eighth week. Are you sure? I I'm thought... like 99 percent sure. <laughs> trade. Now we got to look this up. Trade deadline NFL. I I could have sworn it was this week. At all trading ends. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think we have done it. I think we have reached a trade deadline. Michael, why are you making me think that I'm, uh, you kidding? I'm, I'm going you crazy? That's it. Hold on. I need to find this. Let's go. Let's start right, Let's, let's, start let's talk about some trades, whether or not this is the trade deadline or not. Uh, there were some trades that went down. Let's start with the first one. Manny Sanders goes to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a third and fourth round draft pick. Um, Tuesday, October 29th, a week from today. Oh, a week from today. Okay, so you were right. You win that one. <laughs> um, well, everyone, Adam Schefter was talking about the trade deadline and all this shit. Anyway. Um <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, what I mean, what's the what's the blowback here? Because first of all, the 49ers, I think what this says for them outside of a fantasy perspective is they're going for it this year. And they think they are a championship team this year, and they don't have time to wait for Dante Pettis to become what he can be. And they don't have time for Debo Samuel to not be a rookie. And they think they have the pieces right now in place. Yeah. So they got a, a veteran, 31 years old, coming off an injury, but still has been productive. What do you think this means for the 49ers first and foremost? For 49ers, it's a great move. They could use veteran wide receiver help for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Garoppolo has like eight touchdowns and eight interceptions on the season, so he hasn't even been great, even though San Francisco has been 6-0 and the in, in winning every game. It's been mostly their own game. But from a fantasy standpoint, I put I, I tweeted about the trade impacts, and I put, you know, one of those stock-up symbols. 
But then I put like a disclaimer in the next tweet about how it's it's not really a huge stock up. Like if say Emmanuel Sanders stock was a seven, I think it went up to like a seven point five. Okay, so a little bit better, but not too much. A little bit better because it's, he's he should get a bunch of targets now, but it it will take some time for him to get acclimated. This is still a run first team with George very Kittle. Very run first. Very run first. With George Kittle as the real number one option in the passing game. So I think it helps that he's going to a better team and Joe Flacco's not throwing him the ball anymore. But I don't think it's like this drastic change that makes him someone you need to go get. Someone that all the fantasy analysts who think they know better than everybody else on Twitter are, are all like blowing their, their minds over is Deshaun Hamilton. And as I, I do think that Deshaun Hamilton's stock does obviously rise in this situation. Yeah. But at the same time, the reason we didn't like Emmanuel Sanders as much as other people is because Cortland Sutton is clearly the number one option there, and Joe Flacco has never supported two wide receivers. So if you're making the downgrade from Emmanuel Sanders to Deshaun Hamilton, I don't know how you can say that Deshaun Hamilton is the number one pickup this week. That's absurd. Yeah. Uh, in PPR leagues, deeper PPR leagues, he's clearly worth a look because now he could get five to seven receptions a game. But in half PPR leagues, standard leagues, 12-man leagues, he's not someone I'm really going after hard. Unless, like, if I only have three wide receivers on my roster in a deep 12-man league with, like, a 20-man bench, sure. But he's not someone I'm super interested in going after. Even last season in the games where he did great, you know, Deshaun Hamilton's season going into this year, a lot of people were hyped about him. He went, like, 8 for 42 without a touchdown. So, like, it's... It's not something to be super excited about, especially with Joe Flacco at quarterback. I think there might be an outside chance, too. When everyone was going crazy about Deshaun Hamilton last year, Tim Patrick came through and took his snaps. And he's due to come back shortly. Right. So it's not a guarantee that when Tim Patrick comes back, he doesn't take Deshaun Hamilton's snaps. But what do you think about the Broncos' attack and what it means for them? They're obviously selling. It's kind of crazy that, they, I mean, does this mean that Von Miller's on that block? I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, they were talking about trading him earlier this year. I mean, ev everyone's probably available, but they did say that Emmanuel Sanders requested a trade. He's in a contract year, and he's older, so he said that he wants to be able to raise his stock up going into the offseason, and they obliged. You know, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, so they did him a favor. I don't know if this means they're necessarily going to try to have a fire sale with everyone. They have been playing a lot better of late. He did make that infamous world of suck comment. Which, Living uh, in a world of suck. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I, I could see that. Yeah, they did him a favor. I could definitely see that. Um, Cortland Sutton, obviously the big winner in this one, I think. Yeah, uh, a lot of people will say, oh, he doesn't play Emmanuel Sanders' role. They have different roles on the offense. Duh. <laughs> like, we all know that already. But it also means that Emmanuel Sanders, the 1B to Sutton's 1A, or vice versa, however you want to look at it each week, is gone. And Deshaun Hamilton isn't Emmanuel Sanders, so this can easily open up one or two more downfield targets for Sutton each game because Sanders isn't going to get open across the middle. Hamilton's not going to get open across the middle like Sanders can, so maybe Flacco decides, let me give Sutton a chance to go up and get it over whichever cornerback's guarding him. I think this gives Sutton... Sutton was a, a mid-range wide receiver two with high-end wide receiver two upside. I think this gives him low-end wide receiver one upside now. I really I like him that much. With Joe Flacco, I'd I'd be a little more cautious. But, but he's gonna they're gonna throw the ball and he he's the only one they're gonna throw it to possibly. We'll see. Yeah. He's it's definitely helps though. Um another trade. Mohamed Sanu goes to the New England Patriots for a second round pick. Mo Sanu, one of the most underrated and underappreciated players of our time for the last like seven years. Agreed. Finally gets the appreciation and gets traded for a second round pick. Kinda I mean, kinda insane, honestly, to if the, you're if you're asking me. Patriots are bugging. 
it, it makes you wonder about Josh Gordon, in my opinion, because we don't know how bad Josh Gordon's injury is, and not to be the guy to bring it up, but Josh Gordon has had his issues, right? So if Josh Gordon all of a sudden goes missing again, like he just tends to go missing sometimes, we could have ourselves a situation where Mohamed Sanu becomes a very, very attractive option. Yeah, but eh. Because it's still the Patriots. But it's the second round pick. Like the only, but the only person that's been useful in that offense is Julian Edelman, wide receiver-wise. Josh Gordon has been com- been a complete bust. Uh, Jacoby Myers has been whatever. You want five points, put Jacoby Myers in your lineup. I mean, this sucks for Jacoby Myers. This sucks I mean, Philip for, Dorsett has been good. Yeah, Dorsett's been solid, but he, he has to score a touchdown for him to be useful. Facts. So this sucks for Myers. Dorsett, a tick down. Josh Gordon, a tick down. This hurts everyone except Edelman, in my opinion. And Sanu is like... That includes James was, White, too, who you saw an yeah. extend, extended role in the passing game last week. I mean, and Mo Sanu was already getting 8 to 10 targets a game in Atlanta. Now it's Tom Brady throwing, and it's a better offense and all that, but I don't really think it's like this huge upgrade or downgrade for Sanu. I think it's just kind of even keel. I think keep it in mind. In a, I mean, Mohamed Sanu is probably owned in your league. If he's on waivers, then... You're probably in a ten, a week ten man, and Michael keeps saying twenty man bench. He means twenty man roster. Twenty man roster. Yeah. Why do I always do that? Yeah, you always Jason do that. always says that too. Like he yeah. always corrects me saying roster instead of bench. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you're in if you're in a ten man league with a twenty person r- roster, you're Mohamed Sanu's almost definitely owned or ten to twelve man league. I picked up Mohamed Sanu last week in a shallower league, so yeah. I mean, if this does work out great for him, I'm I will not complain. Uh oh man, guys. I'm so sad about this one. One of my favorite players coming into the season who was finally reaching his true potential, Carryon Johnson, goes down with a knee injury. It was week to week. We were hearing week to week, and then all of a sudden, bam, IR. Surgery this morning. Oh, my God. Not eligible to return till week 16, so he'll be back for the Lions playoff run if they make it, but not in your fantasy lineups. Because if you make it to the championship, I highly doubt you're putting on Johnson in your starting lineup. I mean, if you are in the championship, though, that's the kind of guy you pick up week 14, week 15, stash him on your bench, and maybe he's a startable flex player for you in the championship. Well, see, you know, I want to see who they're who they're playing in week 16. Maybe if it's, like, a great matchup. Week 16, they get Denver. Maybe without Von very Miller. very on and off. Maybe without Von Miller. Run. Maybe out of a playoff race. Are they at home or away? Uh, now I got to check again. <laughs> I mean, it makes a difference. Um, but yeah, we'll get into Ty Johnson in the waiver wire segment. They're at Denver. Which we just want to talk about this. Um, waiver wire segment today is free because we're doing this on a Tuesday. This is usually our Patreon segment. We usually have about a 20 to 25 minute uh, section where we go over our, our waivers. But it's such a big waiver week. And how could we also forget this? This guy right here, it's his birthday today. And Colby Jay. year. Yeah, Shout and out Jason. To Jay. And Jason, 24 years young. The Colby year is in effect. So as a birthday present from the twins and I, even though it's not my birthday. I give presents on my birthday. To How you. How selfless am I? Hey, I give presents every single year on my birthday because my birthday's on Christmas. Um, <laughs> I give We give to you a free episode, and you could also catch this on IG Live if you're also not catching it on IG Live already. Yeah. So... Go check it out on IG Live. We'll, we we'll are currently put it in live. The save columns. Yeah, we're currently live right now. Go check us out. You can see our beautiful mugs. You can wish Michael a happy birthday. 24 years on earth. That's the biggest Big Will, news. of course, shouted out that he's in the house. 
Big Willie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam Thielen uh, did not practice on Tuesday. Expected to be out already, which is never a good sign for for anyone, a wide receiver running back. Whenever there's an early declaration of out, it makes you question his ability going forward as well. Sucks for Adam Thielen owners. Sterling Shepard, his concussion was so bad that there is uh, – oh, I'm sorry. It says no doubt he'll play against the season. I thought there was a doubt he'd play against the season, but it looks like he'll be back on the field um, sooner rather than later, but still uncertain for this week. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, we're going to have to – you got to – things like this, you got to wait and see. You you can't say anything about it on a Wednesday because what do you – or a Tuesday in this manner. Yeah. Because what are you going to do on a Tuesday? Yeah. We still got like four days to make it. And decision. he's not on your waiver wire, so yeah. – and you're not going to pick up anyone that uh, that's taking this place. Yeah. So, um, Adrian Peterson, high grade one high ankle sprain, grade two low ankle sprain. Don't know exactly when he'll be back, if ever again in uh, life. We might have seen the last of Adrian Peterson, but – with that being said, no age, no AP. Chris Thompson is questionable battling turf toe. Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood. All of a sudden, Wendell Smallwood sneaks his way into a starting lineup just like he did mad times last year. He was a good fantasy player when he started last year, not for nothing. So this is this episode's going out for everyone. So some people don't know about our patron-only waiver wire episodes, how fantasy pros, our waiver rankings, this is why we say there's a lot more to waivers than just rankings. They give us a list of players, and we're not able to edit those players, which is super weird. I don't know why they do that, but that's just how it is. Wendell we're a Smallwood's, big fan of fantasy pros, but eh, get yeah. that right, fantasy Wendell pros. Smallwood is not on this list, so we'll talk about him during the waiver period. Just He's not on the list, so you're going to have to listen to know about Wendell Smallwood. Uh, just to put that out there, Bryce Love has to go un- under another ACL surgery, so he'll he won't be back uh, to take that place either. Damn, uh, <laughs> that's rough. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's it for the news for right now. Are you ready to get into these waivers? Oh boy, oh boy. So usually we don't have a a, a waiver drop. But since we're doing the waiver Ooh. wave today on Instagram, I just realized right. when we're on Instagram wave. live, when we're playing the drops into our ears, they're just watching us hang out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go check us out on on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Mute, Apple Podcast. Where basically wherever you can get a podcast. Jason out here. Hey guys, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> Special guest Jason Petrop. So uh, yeah, so let's get into the waiver wave. Dude, you get the best barrels ever. Dude. <laughs> just like you pull in. And you just get spit right out of them. And you just drop in and just smack the lip. Drop down. Snap. And then after that, you just drop in. Just ride the barrel and get pitted. So pitted like that. So pitted, man. So oh, pitted. Man, that's great. I was wondering why I was hearing you play that video from like years ago. <laughs> so the waiver wave is live. So let's get if right. anyone, you got to listen to this episode, guys, because you got to hear. If you haven't seen that video yet, you're missing out. Yeah, that, I mean, and that. That was viral before viral was viral. That was viral before yeah. viral was a thing. That was like only on Facebook viral. Yeah, right. <laughs> like even if like and then just like when Facebook was only college logins, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so let's get right into it. The number one waiver priority this week, I think, is obvious. Um, uh, my waiver priority uh, is a tie. Interesting. Ty Johnson. <laughs> Get it? Oh, uh, so Ty Johnson is the number one running back and the number one waiver priority, only owned in two percent of the leagues. And if you are a player that owned him, congratulations! You don't have to drop a significant amount of fab on him, so congratulations. Um, so Michael Ty Johnson, let's talk about him. Tim, yes, you are a Carry On Johnson owner in our home league. I am. Obviously, we just said this. Uh, 
Ty Johnson is mine and Jason's number one waiver wire option here. Um, You're up to something. I can see it yeah, in your eyes. Tim has carry on Johnson. Obviously, he's going to go hard after Ty Johnson. Tim has $37 fab remaining. You put 38 on him, didn't you? Sounds like $37 fab might not be enough for Ty Johnson here. <laughs> Man. Well, with that being said, yeah. knowing Timmy's not going to get Ty Johnson. Because and you know why? It's because I, I fucking spent 75 fab on Wayne Gallman. Yeah, it's rough. Ugh. But look, uh, what I was going to say 75 now is Ty out of Johnson. One, 75 out of 150, by the way. Look, again, everyone on Twitter, there's like some people saying, go get Ty Johnson, you know, and then there's you always have that crowd, that crowd that wants to be just not part of the crowd, you know? So they're like... Don't go after Ty Johnson. The Lions are going to sign another running back or they're going to trade for Kenyon Drake. If that happens, so be it. The reason you hold fab money until week eight is to use it on potential starting running backs for the rest of the season. Facts. Which is exactly what's happening right now with Ty Johnson. Like, he got 10 rushes. He didn't do great in those rushes. And, and four catches. 29 yards. Yeah, that was what I was going to say next. The four receptions on four targets is great because that's more than Carryon Johnson had in, like, more than half his games. So if he's going to be even more involved in the passing game, that's great for his outlook. Ran the and, fi- sorry, ran the fifth most routes of any running back last week. Yeah, and look, is the schedule easy for Ty Johnson? No. Uh, hold on, hold your horses. Versus the Giants at Oakland next two weeks, and even Chicago has been terrible. Chicago after Chicago, that, and then Dallas at at Washington. Chicago again. Then you got Minnesota, which is a hard one. But then in crunch time, Tampa Bay. That's Tampa a Bay's, good. That's Tampa Bay has been solid against the run. Okay, they have, but still, I'm starting my players against Tampa Bay. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, right now, you save your fab, and then you go get the guy who could be a starter for the rest of the season. Especially if you're a on Johnson owner, I'm perfectly fine with spending half of your fab if you still have a lot, 75, 80 percent if you're running out, or if you only have like 35 dollars left and you have zero dollar fab bid in your league. And you need to put $35 in carry on Johnson owner, then you got to put $35. And I was going to put $37 on it, but I uh, guess I'm not going to do that If the Lions now. trade for Kenyon Drake or sign Jay Ajay. <laughs> oh, well, man, Jay Ajay. Yeah. By the way, if you follow our Twitter, you know that we've been trolling people for a while now about this. Yeah, all Jay Ajay was a joke. All the people that were like, sign Jay Ajay three weeks ago, congratulations. You've, you've wasted a was- roster spot for four weeks to get the third string running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Did he s- sign with the Cardinals? No. Or, or the second yeah. string running back for the for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. So, yeah. Good, I mean, yeah. Great advice there, guys. This is why I'm going hard after Ty Johnson. It's really not that difficult of a decision here this week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Jason agrees because he also has a number one. I mean, I would if I had Ray Rings, I would agree too. Uh, your number two, a guy that we have long hated, but all of a sudden, sometimes you just have to do simple math. Don't overthink it. Number one wide receiver, quarterback upgrade, pick that guy up. Corey Davis is the number two pickup. Look. We've said since the offseason, me and Jason, that Ryan Tannehill was going to take over for Marcus Mariota at some point. We thought Ryan Tannehill should have been the starting quarterback right out of the gate. Uh, for those of you who know, um, Jason's Jason's proprietary stat that he came up with, true throw value, coming soon, by the way, for this season when we get those stat values. Yep. When everyone gets six games underneath their belt, you'll have it, for, you'll have it from us. Ryan Tannehill was one of the highest in true throw values last season. Yeah. So, which means he was one of the most efficient quarterbacks, and you saw that exact same thing last week. Exactly. He was sixth, I believe. So, you're getting an efficient quarterback who was absolutely efficient last week as well with uh, Corey Davis, uh, A.J. Brown, and he was getting 
rushed most of the game under pressure. He was like 8 for 9 over 100 yards and a touchdown. So Ryan Tannehill played a lot better than Marcus Mariota. And no one's saying Ryan Tannehill's his savior. He's like a 30-year-old journeyman at this point. But is he better than Marcus Mariota? In my opinion, absolutely. And if he's going to start throwing the ball to Corey Davis, sign me up. Especially because Corey Davis had seven targets last week, which isn't a crazy amount of targets. It's a very solid amount of targets. But that was his season high in targets. Four receptions, excuse me, six receptions, 80 yards, and, and a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. So we're not Corey Davis guys, but like you say, like like we always say, I don't. you don't hate the player, you hate the ADP, you hate the circumstance. It's looking up for Corey Davis. I have him as my number two overall and my number one wide receiver to go add because Tampa Bay this week is glorious. Carolina's been tough, and then he gets KC. And then his, his playoff, uh, if you're looking that far forward, Oakland, Houston, and New Orleans. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, New Orleans, not so much, but that's nice. And I'll tell you this. You guys now have Corey Davis as your number two. If I was making waiver rankings, I would have this next guy as my number two guy. Jason has Kenny Stills at number two. I like Kenny Stills here. I think that Kenny Stills fits. I think the reason why they acquired Kenny Stills is because they knew Will Fuller would go down eventually. And Will Fuller went down last week. We didn't put that in the news because that happened during the game. So you, uh, we assume that you know what's going on with Will Fuller. He's out for a long period of time. He has a hamstring injury. Kenny Stills is going to fit right into that role and play the exact same role, and he has the exact same skill set as Will Fuller. So you have a guy who likes to throw bombs down the field to a player who you see what happens when Will Fuller goes off. He goes off. Kenny Stills, I would even say Kenny Stills could be over Ty Johnson if you don't need a running back and you need a wide receiver. I mean, it's just you know what? Let's not go crazy. Yeah, I take and it's back. also tough because you don't know exactly how long Fuller is going to be out. They said uh, several weeks, but that could be for me, man. That could be three weeks. That could be four. That could be eight. But you know, Will Fuller, bro. He that's this is not a guy who he heals easily. But you also know, Will Fuller is the guy who comes back and then puts up a hundred and two touchdowns. It's like he never left. All right. So I mean, yeah. But I still like Kenny Stills. He's my second receiver behind Corey Davis. You and Jason like him. Slightly better, but look, he went four for 105 last week against Indy, basically playing the whole game in Will Fuller's role. Now that Will Fuller, uh, Will Fuller caught one pass for five yards before he got hurt. So yeah, Kenny Stills is in a great spot here now um, as the number two in Houston. Like I said, he, he gets uh, Oakland and Jacksonville coming up without Jalen Ramsey. Jacksonville's pass defense isn't nearly as scary, and AJ Boye will be on DeAndre Hopkins, which opens it up even more for Kenny Stills. So, yeah, he's a very good uh, ad for Will Fuller owners or anyone looking for a fix at their wide receiver three slot. Uh, let's talk about Corey Davis's uh, favorite. I mean, Corey Davis's teammate coming in at number four, A.J. Brown. Uh, we don't know yet who exactly is going to be the number one receiver out here. We don't yeah. know. A.J. Brown does have that possibility. The, what we know is that A.J. Brown is the bigger deep threat. Yeah, the reason I added A.J. Brown here, I prefer Corey Davis slightly more because he's a sophomore. He's more seasoned. Third year now. Uh, third year. He's more seasoned than all that. But A.J. Brown has looked pretty good, man. And just like Corey Davis, season high in targets. Dude, he's a beast, too. Because guess what? Mind-blowing fact here. Throw to your best players is a good idea if you're a quarterback. What? Yeah, and Marcus Mariota, that's why he's sitting on the bench now. But, yeah, A.J. Brown went 6-for-64 last week. No touchdown, but 6-for-64 is a... Very decent game against it's 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 LA. a it's a hopeful game. Yeah, yeah. It's good for the the future. And yeah, this week against Tampa Bay, he definitely has some stream appeal. And going forward, he also has a great matchup. The bye week in week eleven kind of sucks. 
you I like when uh when you're adding players if they're bye week is in the past, you know, cuz so you could have them for the rest of the season, but deal with that week 11. So we mentioned that Wendell Smallwood is not here. Would you have him above this next guy Mark Walton or below? Below Mark Walton. Really? I would have him above. He would be my next running back after Mark Walton because there's a huge drop off. After Mark Walton, I have Daryl Henderson at 18. I have Mark Walton at 5. Uh, a lot of people, uh, again, I saw on Twitter a couple of people saying, while, while everyone's going after Ty Johnson, add Daryl Henderson. I saw two people say that. I mean, Daryl Henderson had 11 carries for 30 yards, and Malcolm Brown was injured. If Malcolm Brown returns, then Daryl Henderson is screwed. If Malcolm Brown doesn't return, he's still second fiddle to Todd Gurley. So I'd, I'd obviously rather have the starting running back in Ty Johnson. Yeah, I agree. And Mark Walton is now the starting running back. And yes, it's Miami. We all know that. Miami's trash. But if... A starting running back is available on the waiver wire. You go get him. Simple as that. 14 rushes for 66 yards. One of the most efficient games out of Miami this season from any of their running backs. I want to, I I just before you say anything else, this is he will be the starting running back if Kenyon Drake gets traded, who he's not traded yet. He had 14 carries last week. He was the main running back. All right. All right. That They, uh, they, made the switch between Drake and Drake is just the kind of guy who mixes in there like he has been for Miami the last three years. No, go ahead. So, yeah, I'm adding Mark Walton because he's basically free as well. I think he's 2% owned in leagues. He was on our list last week as well. 12% owned. 12% owned. Yeah, so give me Mark Walton because if a starting running back's on the wire, I'm not going to pay up for him because it's still Miami. And, I mean, it's they're not going to score a lot of points. So the touchdown potential really isn't there. But – Get him if if he's not expensive. Another guy, Devontae Parker, who's one of my favorites. Devontae Parker's been pretty damn good all year. Back-to-back-to-back games with touchdowns for Devontae Parker. And always a better option with Ryan Fitzpatrick than with Josh Rosen. Yeah, but it's a little hard because it's not like Devontae Parker's going to catch a touchdown every game. So that's what's hard to trust because his highest receiving yard output 75 yards this year which was nice but the last two weeks 28 and 55 like if he doesn't ha- if he doesn't score a touchdown in those games then it's it's very bleh so it's it's very touchdown or bust for Devonte parker but he has been a decent wide receiver three flex option basically the whole season at this point outside of week two where he went catchless against new england but new england's the best defense of all time apparently so there's that but yeah he gets Pitt and new york coming up which are two decent matchups so yeah he's a decent option as well for especially week nine when a lot of bye weeks hit for teams like the Falcons and such. Someone we've talked about a lot, Chris Herndon. Um, he's going to come back and we've mentioned that the reason why we like Chris Herndon is because Sam Darnold likes throwing to him. The schedule coming up is easy. Um, Ryan Griffin is playing over 90% of the snaps, which you expect to go to Chris Herndon. Um, we've talked about Chris Herndon at nauseum um, on the waiver wire show, but let's talk about him a little more. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we don't really have to say anything else about Chris Herndon. It's the fact that he's coming back and the tight end landscape sucks. You probably would have, you probably have him on your bench already if you listen to us. Obviously, the Monday night performance out of the Jets was absolutely, absolutely abysmal. So maybe it's good that Herndon missed the game. Buy your Jets. Because if anyone was starting him, that's fucking awful. But yeah, Jet, uh, Crowder's probably cheaper now. Robbie Anderson certainly cheaper, even though he had like eight targets and should have had like two 50-yard touchdowns yet again. Sam Darnold will probably be on the waiver wire. Yeah, Sam Darnold's probably going to hit the waiver wire after Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not even a super difficult matchup, but then after that, it's just a cakewalk for him. So we still abide by adding 
uh, Sam Darnold. Without a doubt. Um, let's go. Uh, Vance McDonald, also available in 50% of leagues. If he's dropped in your league, check that out. He is the starting uh, starting tight end for a very good offense, so check that out. He's playing and Miami he this Miami. week. Yeah. Um, Cole Beasley uh, from Buffalo, obviously. He had an all right game last week, had six targets. Um, with that being said, Cole Beasles. What? Cole Bleasles. Is that just him being Kellableasles? A mad player? That's just, yeah, it's just I mean, yeah, Jason probably has. You know what? Where does Jason have Cole Beasley? Because every week he shits on Cole Beasley. Jason has Cole Beasley at six. I have him at nine, and he's shitting on Cole Beasley every week. Yo, we have to talk, Jay, for crying out loud. Yo, Cam Newton's only 45% old. Go, go and get Cam Newton. I do not approve that message. Go get Cam Newton. I prefer to grab Sam Darnold. Don't listen to Michael. I do not approve that message. I do. Just like I did not approve drafting Cam Newton. Uh, Jerron Brown had a couple bad drops last game, but at the same time, 60 yards again, obviously part of this offense. Uh, what do you think about Jerron Brown? From weeks four through seven, these are his targets. Three, four, five, six. Okay. Getting Steady one target climb each getting a little better. way, and that's notable because Will Disley is out and someone needs to catch passes from Russell Wilson. Three for 60 isn't going to blow you out of the water, but it's also not terrible. They got Atlanta this week. DK Metcalf is just, he's not really doing much either at this point. He's just very, he's a very vertical player. So yeah, Jerron Brown keeps getting more and more interesting. And he's only owned in 2% of leagues. Deontay Johnson, another guy who is way under-owned, especially the fact that Mason Rudolph is coming back. Mason Rudolph has already seen Deontay Johnson as the number one wide receiver on that team. Um, Secondly... He's facing Miami. Yeah, but uh, he's probably the ownership percentage dropped considerably once th- once they went into a buy because he's definitely not someone you need to hold through a buy, in my opinion. Uh, I actually dropped him in one of those leagues, but if he's free again, you could do worse than to add him. He has been very mediocre outside of his two touchdowns. That's mostly on Mason Rudolph. Hopefully, they Mason Rudolph uh, plays a bit better coming out of this bye week. They are playing against Miami. So he could be a decent uh, flex option. Not someone I really want to trust, but he's more of a stash and hold type of guy in case Mason Rudolph decides he wants to throw the ball downfield ever. One guy that's a spark score darling who might be taking over for Delaney Walker, um, who might miss the next game, Jono Smith. He had three of three targets for 64 yards. Um, Ryan Tannehill likes throwing to a tight end. Jono Smith is going to be in the game against Tampa Bay, who's been shredded and just really just taken apart by tight ends all year. What do you think about Jonu Smith? Uh, Delaney Walker actually left the game with an injury, so that's something to keep an eye on if um, you're a Delaney Walker owner or if you want to stream Jonu Smith. Um, against Tampa Bay, he's a very solid streaming option this week. I have him behind Herndon. Maybe very solid is a bit of a stretch, but you could definitely do worse. Uh, Jonah Smith against Tampa Bay with Delaney Walker likely out. If you're a Delaney Walker owner, you could just drop him at this point. He's been useless since week one. So I don't know what you're doing if you're still using Delaney Walker. But yeah, Jonah Smith, if he's the starting tight end, you could get a decent game out of your tight end slot if you were a, if you were a Will Disley owner or if you have Mark Andrews on by or something like that. Um, against Philly, Dawson Knox it looks like a, a pretty good option against a secondary that is very dreadful. Anthony Miller's an interesting name on this list because he was battling an injury all year. And last week, nine targets for the first time, 
past Taylor Gabriel on the depth chart. So the question is, is was Anthony Miller's lack of production because of himself or was it because of his injury? And how much of those nine targets are attributed to 54 passing attempts by Mr. Bisky? A lot of it. Yeah. Because honestly, in a perfect world for Chicago, Mitch Trubisky's probably ended the game with 27 pass attempts, not 54. Uh, amen, brother. So there's not really too much upside from Anthony Miller. Like, if Mitch Trubisky's not going to play any better or they're not going to change their offense, then um, they're just the word out of, uh, what's it called, um, Chicago is that, you know, I'm not an idiot. We need to run the ball more. Yes, you are an idiot. Yeah, so they're just going to be running the ball more probably. And Anthony Miller, I like. Like, we liked him preseason. But Mitch Trubisky has just been that awful that he can't really help more than one receiver. And Allen Robinson has been the only decent receiver there. So he's more of a stash and hold to see if the Chicago Bears could turn this damn thing around at some point. The fall from grace for Matt Nagy. I don't know if he's overthinking. I don't know what's going on. But the pass-to-run ratio is horrible. And that team's dead last in the league in running offense. Yeah, it's bad. And they need a running offense in order for that offense to run. Again, shout-out to all the the people on Twitter who – only look at spark scores and shit who were like, yeah, the Bears got rid of Jordan Howard. Yeah, David Montgomery season, yeah. I Well, listen, I, w- I was a David Montgomery fan, but I thought it was a mistake to get rid of Jordan Howard. That guy's a very good running back, man. He's a very good running back. Um, Preston Wilson, uh, Preston wide receiver Williams. nine. Pres- I'm sorry, Preston Williams. Oh, Preston. Preston. Uh, Preston Williams. Can I wipe the leaves on your fight? I mean, he's the, he's the number two receiver for Miami, so we'll... Uh, yeah. Give him a look. Um, Sam Darnold and Cam Newton, we already mentioned them. Daryl Henderson, we already mentioned him. Let's go to Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, uh, last game, didn't do much. Uh, He was on the field, though, more than any wide receiver on the team. Is that due to injury? What do you think? I mean, that's what's important, the fact that he played more snaps than MVS, more snaps than Geronimo Allison. Devontae Adams, who knows when he's going to return. At this point, I wouldn't even be surprised if he sits out all the way through the bye week. Uh, there have not really been any good reports for Devontae Adams coming out. So Alan Lazard, I mean, 342 is not great. But if you're going to be an option on the outside for Aaron Rodgers running a lot of routes, it's something to consider. At this point, when we get this low in the order, uh, Lazard is number 19 overall. These are all, I'm not throwing any fab dollars on them or wasting a waiver priority. I'm just adding them for free if I can afterwards and I have an open spot. Extremely surprising that Geronimo Allison is only owned in 27% of leagues. You're talking about a guy who's the number two wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Uh, Look, I think he's got to be rostered. I don't think you got to start him. But if you're in a situation like, for example, let's look at me. I have Deontay Johnson as my number four wide receiver because I don't have wide receivers and I have some injuries there. Right? I'm going to pick up Geronimo Allison if he's available. You got to have him on your bench. He's He's a great wide receiver four or five. And we're talking about a guy who hasn't surpassed 52 yards this season. Yeah, but he's got the touchdown numbers. He has two touchdowns. And he's only played in, what, four games? No, he's played in six games. He's only played in five. He left one of those with an injury. Uh, You're not going to convince me. All right. How about this guy, Zach Pascal, who we've said on this podcast, shout out to Jason. Happy birthday, Jay. Shout out to Jason because he's been a Zach Pascal guy. He said all these players get all these guys getting cute, picking up Deion Kane, big picking up Paris Campbell. He was all about Zach Pascal. So you see Zach Pascal get a role with T.Y. Hilton in the game still. Now, this was an outlier game for Jacoby Brissett. I will say that. But he's only 1% owned. 
How much do you like Zach Pascal? Not too much. I, see, I'm not going crazy here. Seven targets, six receptions in his best game. I think that, look, I think that this is a guy that they've gone to every time that Hilton is hurt. I think he's earned a spot to get some playing time in this roster. Well, I mean, that's why he's on the list. Yeah. Okay. To be added. But it's just, it's a Jacoby Brissett run offense that wants to run the ball more than they want to pass. Brissett has been ridiculously hyper-efficient throwing touchdowns. He's throwing like three, four touchdowns a game at this point. You can't really expect that to keep up. So you got to expect that to, you know, regress a little bit. So it's Pascal, it's a it's a great story, and he's been solid when Hilton's been out. I just, I'm not trusting him yet. Unless he has a couple more solid games, I'm not trusting him yet. Danny Amendola, double-digit targets in Week 7. Uh, very playable player. Um, now yeah. that, I'm, and I'm sorry, very... Playable player last week. Yeah. Uh, last now that Carryon Johnson's out, what does that do for Danny Amendola's stock? Not much, in my opinion. Eh, maybe, I don't. I don't think maybe really a couple changes. more targets, dinks and dunks. The the Lions just threw a ton last week. They will do that That's again. Really, uh, week one and last week were the only times they went crazy throwing, and those were the only times Danny Amendola was playable. Again, the, this list is set by fantasy pros. All right, so let's go through. <laughs> let's go through these quickly. Alex Erickson had a big game, but that was an outlier in my opinion. No reason to spend any money. Yeah, on him. especially they're gonna have a buy, and then AJ Green might come back soon. So right, Olabasi Johnson. Uh, that one's a little more interesting because he, Adam he, Thielen's out. Right, and they went to he, he targeted him twice in the end zone, once for a touchdown. Yeah, Olabasi Johnson had eight targets, four receptions, forty yards, and a touchdown. So interesting against Washington. If you're really, really struggling with injuries and bye weeks, maybe Olabasi Johnson wins you your week. Hmm. Benny Snell, uh, if for some reason James Conner can't play, is a great play. I mean, he's just a handcuff. Ricky Seals-Jones. Ricky Heels-Bones. Might get a touchdown every once in a while. Yeah. Jacoby Myers is probably unownable now that Mohamed Sanu's there. You could there. drop Jacoby Myers now, in my opinion. Irv Smith. Um, don't know why he's here. I mean, a rookie tight end who had a nice game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, obviously a better quarterback than... Than his predecessor, yeah, Marcus Mariota. Still not very playable. Kyle Allen, your favorite guy in the world. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it looks like Cam Newton might come back. Yeah. Um, Nikhil Harry, Drop who, him. if you haven't yet, check out uh, our Instagram post about this woman who's like, Nikhil Harry's really dead, and it's the devil playing his yeah, skin. it's very strange. Really skin. And then finally, Jay Ajay, who might be a third-string running back by this time next week. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they make this list, so J.J. had to be on it. Otherwise, he would not have been on this list. All right, so that is all for our waiver rankings. Just want to remind you that we do this every single week on Tuesdays. For right? patrons. For, only for the patrons, though. So go to patreon.com slash brotofantasy if you want to be a part of this every single week. Again, we're live on Instagram as well, so go check that out if you want to see our faces. We got the studio set up. We got the lights out. Uh, the, prof the professional look. You know what I'm saying? A birthday uh, gift a Birthday to you. gift. That's right. Patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Again, that's patreon.com slash brotofantasy. You get what many is it? Patreon.com slash brotofantasy. You get many perks there, including uh, it, access to our Discord. You can play in leagues with us. You can DM us for private uh, start-sit questions. Um, if you are not, if you don't want your league mates to see, which you should. You should do that. And many, many more perks, including uh, future discounts to merch and et cetera. So 
Um, yeah, with that being said, let's get into the uh, regular show with our first segment, and that is the uh, what was it? We we saw we saw that coming. Yeah, we saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. The I saw that coming segment, our favorite segment, because we get to say, "Hey, guess what? We were right," and that's our favorite thing. That's our favorite thing. Tell me, that's my favorite thing. That's a favorite. That's a favorite thing. All right, Michael, let's start with you. Who's your first? We saw that coming player. We just went over um, Corey Davis and AJ Brown on the waiver podcast, the free waiver podcast this week. My we saw that coming is the Titans are better with Ryan Tannehill. We expected this efficient offense, or at least more efficient than Mar- Marcus Mariota, better downfield thrower than Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, and that's exactly what happened. And it's a lot better for Corey Davis and AJ Brown than it was one two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, definitely a better situation. And like I said before, it's simple math: better quarterback, better situation. Play that player. Um, my first guy is Latavius Murray, man. We were La, La, Latavius. <laughs> we were definitely down on Latavius Murray, and we were talking mad shit about him. But that's because he gets no burn with Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Guess what? Alvin Kamara's out. Yep. So Latavius Murray's gonna get burned. Yep. And he's gonna get all the burn. No one else is gonna take snaps from him. Yep. This is how Sean Payton does things. Yep. He was playing the Bears. Yep. Michael mentioned that a lot of people were fading them because they were playing the Bears. Yep. They weren't taking into account that the Bears have been mediocre against the run this year, and especially because Akeem Nix is now on IR. Yep. Also, you got to realize Akeem that the— Hicks. Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks, as I said, didn't I? I heard Nix. Oh. Also, you got to realize that that offense and the MVP, Mitch Trubisky, has <sighs> been— Most viable poop. Abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Absolutely. So they're probably going to be in negative game scripts, which means their opponents are going to be in positive game scripts. They just they were down 36-10 to the Saints without Drew Brees or Alvin Kamara. And that big reason for that is because Latavius Murray was doing his thing. So yeah. that we definitely saw that coming. And um, another reason to listen to Brodo instead of these other guys. Um, yeah, Michael, who's your second? I saw that coming. This one's for you, Tim. The great thing about the review episode this is, this is, bullshit. is that we could have some fun, right? Yeah, yeah, you could have some fun with my balls. Mark Andrews. Suck it, Michael. My former stock down making the list of uh, we saw that coming because of his two for 39 performance. Yeah, well, did you see the, the touchdown that he dropped? That would have been a 30 extra yards and a touchdown. That's nine points. That would have put him in a tight end one with one reception. Did he catch it? No, he didn't. He oh, dropped it. Oh, right. He dropped it. And right. he dropped another long one through in the middle. I mean, he's always had a little bit of the case of the Fumbleruskis. Not too much. Not like last week, but... Look, the reason he was on my stock down was because Lamar Jackson was going to start running more, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, but and he look, got the targets and he got the he got the looks. Yeah, but Hollywood Brown he was, was out targeted again. twice in the red zone. Hollywood Brown was out again, right? And now Lamar Jackson last week nine for twenty and one hundred forty three passing yards. That is not good. That's absolutely atrocious. And they still won the game against Seattle. There's probably going to be more of this going forward. Which just doesn't really bode super well for Mark Andrews. I mean, he's still going to be a tight end, the one that's usable every week. But coming out of the bye, he gets New England, Cincinnati, who are actually top five in the league against tight ends for some reason this season. Houston, who's in the top ten. Then the Rams, who are whatever. San Francisco, who's in the top three. Buffalo, who's in the top three. Jets, who are in the top five. It's a ridiculously hard schedule coming out of the bye for Mark Andrews as well. 
based on performance so far this season by those defenses. Tight ends are tough to gouge, though, because, you know, some teams have, like, Ryan Griffin, say, for the Jets. So, obviously, the Patriots, when Ryan Griffin doesn't catch a pass, which he hardly ever does, gets a boost in their on their, uh, on their defense there. But, yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews, he was my stock down, and finally uh, he's here in my We Saw That calling for a little bit of a down week. All of this means absolutely nothing to me. He got he got the targets. He just didn't catch them. I can feel it burning in your soul, Tim. Because he's going to be good. He's the number one target on a big offense. Don't get me started with this shit. <laughs> just fucking with me. I'll, I'll tell you where I want to get started. Guys, it finally happened. What's and we that? saw it coming. DeAndre Hopkins had a big game. No quick. And not for nothing, he would have had two touchdowns had it not been for a bullshit-ass call from the refs. Maybe that, all he needed was a Will Fuller injury. May, may, you know what? Maybe that is all he needed because DeAndre Hopkins finally got the respect and targets and touchdown numbers that he deserves, the yardage number that he deserves, put up over 20 half PBR fantasy points, which you love to see. That's what you expect out of DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of people who had DeAndre Hopkins finally said, hooray, thank the good Lord Jesus that I am finally able to play this guy because he, I have not been, I've almost not been able to play him so far. So... DeAndre Hopkins finally comes. We told you that this week was probably going to be the week where he does it against a, uh, you know, middle of the pack um, Colts defense. But this is a Colts team that he tears up historically. So we knew that he was going to do that. So we saw that coming in this one. Yeah. Um, Let's get right into our next segment. Our next segment, of course, is the surprise, surprise things that we did not necessarily see coming. Surprise, motherfucker. It's time. It's time to get Michael. You, you on cue. You giggle every time like it's part of the. It's great. Um, let's let's go into the surprise surprise. I'm gonna start this one, man. Marvin Jones is my surprise surprise. Three touchdowns from Marvin Four. Jones. Four touchdowns. I'm sorry, and had a chance for a fifth. Unbelievable. Um, if you started Marvin Jones, congratulations. I, I got Marvin Jones. I was one of those people who started Marvin Jones. I was very happy about that. Was I playing you? No, I wasn't. No. Um, but yeah, I, I loved starting him. I actually just traded him. This week in another league, I still like the trade. I got Tevin Coleman out of that trade uh, in, in a package. I still would have made the trade. Too. Yeah, in a package based around Tevin Coleman. But I wish I would have waited one more week because I probably could have got a little more out of him, uh, out of her, actually, the person I traded with. Shout out to Jess. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, you know, t- he went crazy. And he won a lot of people a lot of weeks if you started him. And it wasn't out of the question, out of the realm of possibilities that you started him because we mentioned a lot of big-time wide receivers were on by this week. So if you had Marvin Jones, you're probably he's probably your wide receiver four. And if you were one of those people who had the bye week players that were on by the big time guys, guess what? You paid it paid off big time. And Marvin Jones hasn't really been playing very well prior to this either. I mean, so let's let's he nice. hasn't been targeted very well. But in terms of playing well, he leads the league with thirty six targets without a drop. So he has I mean, been I'm not, playing well. I'm not well. saying he's not a good player. Right, fantasy-wise. Fantasy-wise. Fantasy yeah, so he hasn't had the opportunity. Yeah. But uh, Matt Stafford went to him early and off in this one. My first surprise, Tim? Not even... I guess it is fantasy-related. You know Yeah, sure. Let's make it fantasy-related. So the Patriots might actually have the best defense of all time. Uh, suck it. Suck it, Pats. The suck. Patriots have allowed one touchdown. The one to Golden Tate where he broke free. And bobbled it on the way. Yeah. And they have 17 interceptions. Ridiculous, yo. That's like when you play someone in Madden. Like you play the guy who's playing for the first time ever, and you're the guy 
who's been playing for four years and play online all the time. <laughs> Those are numbers like that, dude. Except this is happening in real life with an NFL defense against, I, I guess I'll say semi-NFL quarterbacks. Because, yes, it has been an easy road for them, but still, absolutely ridiculous. We have high hopes for Sam Darnold, as you guys know. We had high hopes for the Jets yesterday, last night. And that was just absolutely brutal. And the New England Patriots defense just continues to be ridiculously great. They're a top five overall player right now in fantasy. We saw that with the Bears defense last year. It was, it was, I was a it was owner not of the like Bears. This, though. It wasn't like this. They're literally a top five overall player. They're putting up like over 20 points a game. It's absolutely unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And one of the things that you see in the in the realm of in the atmosphere is this word zero blitz. Uh, coming from the Patriots, and I think that the last time the Patriots won the World, uh, won the World Series, won, I'm in World Series mode right now, won the Super Bowl, it was because they had Darrell Reeves on the team, and they were able to, well, besides last year, of course, and they were able to blitz like crazy, and their corners would shut everyone down. They're doing that again this year. Um, Stephon Gilmore looks like the best cornerback in football. Um, shout out to the Bills for trading a division rival, the best cornerback in football. And then they, and when you have a situation where you can blitz almost the entire team, I mean, you can't blame Sam Darnold almost for throwing five interceptions because he I mean, had. It was also a joke. He had the Jets four. He had four seconds to. He had, I mean, sorry, he had point four seconds to throw. Like one play in particular, I remember it was like second and eight or something. One of the early picks. Dude, Robbie Anderson was lined up in the slot with the safety against him like 10 yards downfield. If they're bringing everybody and it's solo everywhere else, just put Robbie Anderson on a quick drag, toss him the ball, and let him run. Instead, he ran directly at the safety. And by the time he even got to the safety, Sam Darnold was throwing the ball away. It was unbelievable. Uh, Yeah, not good. Not good at all, uh, to say the least. That's for sure. We talked about him in the waiver wire segment a little bit. Zach Pascal is my next surprise, surprise. We said that we liked Zach Pascal when T.Y. Hilton's not in, but not really a player that we even considered starting when he's in. Now you got to take a look at it the other way. Six catches for uh, on seven targets, 106 yards and a touchdown on another extremely efficient Jacoby Brissett game. We talked about him, so I won't waste too much time on him here. But I must say that is something that we you have to – take a look at and you have to take into consideration it was nice it's a great and a very surprising game uh michael who's your second surprise surprise my last surprise surprise is aaron Rodgers. man that was vintage a rod right there dude 158.3 perfect pass rating for those who don't know first time ever a packers quarterback has done that which is interesting when they've had a lot of good quarterbacks in their history dude 429 passing yards five passing touchdowns and the rushing touchdown this dude put up over 43 and a half half PPR fantasy points. Absolutely unreal. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is half. We're like a third of the way through the season in this new Matt LaFleur offense. Maybe it's just finally all starting to click. And maybe he will return to the top five every week start status. This week will be very telling. But hot damn did Aaron <laughs> Rodgers absolutely go off last week. Uh, let's get into our next, the stock up segment, where we give you players whose stock is rising. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. 
My first Grand Slam home run, we talked about him again, so I won't waste too much time on him. Corey Davis, uh, seven targets, six catches, 80 yards and a touchdown, and most importantly, new quarterback to throw to him who actually throws to his best players. Um, I think Corey Davis is one of those guys who, if you can get him, when this continues, and you can stick him in there, wide receiver three, or if you're struggling at flex, he's a guy that could put a sixth place, fifth place team over the top. It's very interesting. Yeah, because he has the talent. Former fifth round, former fifth overall pick. He's got the talent. Seventh, fifth, seventh, fifth, seventh. Michael, don't challenge me. This is fifth. It's probably fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth on that <laughs> one. Um. So, yeah, Corey Davis, definitely my stock up. Um, I'm going with another uh, young receiver here for my first stock up. Not based off of performance, Calvin Ridley. Why? Because the ever thorn in the side, Mohamed Sanu, is off to New England. Finally, Calvin Ridley will be able to play over 80% of the snaps and steal some of the targets that Mo Sanu was inexplicably, inexplicably getting. 8 to 10 targets a game. Not inexplicably. Just as a Calvin Ridley owner in one of my leagues. You know, I heard a little bit. But now he gets to not have to deal with that. And Seattle this week, which is is whatever. It's not a very hard matchup. It's not a good matchup. The bye week. And then after that, New Orleans with Lattimore on Julio Jones. Carolina. Tampa Bay. New Orleans again. Carolina. San Fran is tough. And then Jacksonville with Boye or, uh, on Julio Jones. So... It's a great stretch of games there for Calvin Ridley as well to finally break free and be what people want him to be. So his stock is definitely up just based off that trade. The future looks bright for Calvin Ridley, that's for sure. My stock up is Sony Michelle. I did this to troll you a little bit, fucker. Um, You're three, an idiot. Three straight games of 19-plus fantasy points in double PPR. Uh, three touchdowns last game. And the reason why I feel this way is because of LeGarrette Blunt. Garrett Blunt a few years ago had 18 touchdowns on the ground, and he started the season the same way that Sony Michelle started the season. No. He was struggling. Yes, was, no. Blunt was better. He was struggling. He wasn't getting yards after the carry. But guess what? Guess what, Michael? Guess what? He turned it around. Scored 18 touchdowns. And it's not gonna happen. And Sony Michelle was the sole goal line back last night, outside of one Brandon Bolden run in the within the five. It was all Sony Michelle, and Sony Michelle made it happen. Sony Michelle looked better than he had looked in a long time last I night. I completely disagree. What? You were there. You were watching it with he me. He ran 19 times for, for for 42 yards, Tim. And yes, I literally texted Jason three quarters of the way through the game. One thing certain: Sony Michelle is a piece of trash. That's he looked absolutely awful. I have no idea what you were watching. I was watching him on the goal line score touchdowns. Yeah, anyone could fall into the damn end zone. No, from one yard n- out. Not everyone could fall into the damn end zone. I thought he, he looked did. absolutely atrocious, and I think he's a perfect sell high after a three touchdown. Game. And it's targeted twice. His we disagree. Stock, we disagree. His stock is up, baby. We disagree. He's gonna score a touchdown every game. Trade him. And let's let's look at his upcoming schedule, shall Trade we? Trade him. Cleveland at Baltimore. All right, that's a tough one. And then a bye week. Then coming out of the bye, Philly, tough one. Then you got Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Cincinnati. That's, he's going to win championships for people. Nay. He's going to win championships I for people. I say nay. Sonny Michelle, stock up. Michael, who you got? Uh, this one we can make quick because just check back to the front, to, to the front, to the beginning of this episode. Our number one waiver option, Ty Johnson. He's going to be the number one in Detroit now, so 
fairly obvious. Stock up for Ty Johnson. My last one is Devontae Parker. Uh, I want to go a little bit more in-depth about Devontae Parker and what we've seen out of him uh, over the past few weeks. Now, he had that one game where he had a zero. Sure, definitely. Three against straight, New England. Against New England. But three straight weeks with a touchdown now. He's put up over nine points in five out of six weeks besides that donut. He Even his worst game was 56 yards for three receptions. He's had... This is his receptions outside the donut. Set three receptions for seventy seven targets, three receptions, seventy five yards. Then six targets, three receptions, fifty six yards. Four targets, four receptions, seventy yards, and a touchdown. Four targets, three receptions, twenty eight yards, and a touchdown. Ten targets, five receptions, fifty five yards, and a touchdown. If if that wasn't Devontae Parker and that was a guy like Will Fuller, you'd be like, yeah, definitely give me that guy. But, you, you know, you don't like it because it's gross because it's on the Miami Dolphins. But the bottom line is that Ryan Fitzpatrick has always supported a number one wide receiver uh, to be fantasy viable. And I don't see that being any different, especially because they're going to be throwing the shit out of the ball because they're going to be down so much. I think it's tough. I just think it's tough trusting a touchdown dependent option on the. Dolphins, I don't think he's touch- I think up. That's the thing. I don't think he's touchdown dependent. If you're talking about a PPR format, five receptions, 55 yards is 10.5 points. That's not going to kill you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. His stock is up. I just, I don't see the huge upside, but it's definitely, there's definitely some. I would agree. There's not a huge upside. Right. The stock is definitely up. Um, all right. So let's do this how we always do it. I got it. one more stock up. Oh, that's right. For crying out loud. Let's do this how we always do it. I forget Michael has to go with another guy. Yeah, we almost went all the way through without you fucking it up. <laughs> Chase Edmonds. Oh, boy. Yo, can I ask you a question before we get into this? Are you on the side of the guy who tweeted for the Cardinals Twitter handle that said you should have started Chase Edmonds in, in fantasy? Or are you with all the Twitter bitches who are complaining about it? If I, I, saw, I saw that tweet before everyone started complaining about it. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Me too. I retweeted, I retweeted it from Brodo. And then everyone was like, oh, you should have said David Johnson was going to be out. Blah. Like, dude. First off, someone I know was at the game, and they said after the first run they saw David Johnson limping off. So they were like, shit. Who do you know in Arizona is at the game? Uh, it was the Giants game. Oh. So oh, duh. that for one. David And we all knew David Johnson was hurt going into the game. Yes, he was active. But yes, there was clearly some risk. So whatever, like it just—I thought it was odd how angry people were getting about it. I thought it was super odd. Like they've never been, like they've never been duped by a coach before. Yeah. Like, they don't owe you nothing, bro. Yeah. Like, the only reason that people watch you is because of fantasy. Yo, get over yourself, honestly. Yeah, but Chase Edmonds, 27 rushes, 126 yards, two receptions, 24 yards, obviously the three touchdowns. Ridiculously great. If DJ misses this week, which is looking rather likely again um, because they are looking to sign another running back, New Orleans has not allowed a 100-yard rusher in almost 30 games, but we're talking about a Cliff Kingsbury offense where they are very involved in the passing game as well. So Chase Edmonds would be a very solid R- uh, RB option this week. Uh, even with David Johnson returning, I mean, Chase Edmonds is clearly playing himself a role. There's no way to put this guy on the bench for 98% of the game like they were in the beginning of the season, in my opinion. Like, if even if DJ returns healthy, I think David, uh, Chase Edmonds could be an interesting flex option uh, a la Austin Eckler. Like we saw against Cincinnati and Atlanta with with um DJ playing he had very he had flex worthy uh, games those two weeks as well yo shout out michael you just used the word allah like super smooth bro allah uh let's go to our stock down 
the worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. I'm going to tell you what, I want to I want to talk about one guy because I'm going to start this off. I think that it was the most disappointing uh, game, disappointing performance in a week of full of disappointing performances. Interesting. Evan Ingram, mm. just over one point against the Cardinals. Crazy. And everyone in this shitty tight end landscape is scared to, to fade tight ends. And I will tell you this, no one's paying attention because ever since Evan Ingram I mean, sorry, ever since Daniel Jones has taken over as the full-time starter, Evan Ingram hasn't scored more than 7.7 points in half PPR. He's not looking his against way. Against Tampa? Again, no, full-time starter. Oh, okay. He came in against Tampa, and he had that big run up the sideline, but that was basically the, the extent of his scoring in that game. Since mm, that big run up the sideline, he hasn't had more than 7.7 points in half PPR formats, and he's just not being looked at by Daniel Jones. And I think this is something that's not being looked not being Said a lot because the tight ends are so weak. Like, who are you going to replace him with? Yeah. you got to ride with, uh, with Evan Ingram. But this is a guy that we thought had the ability to be maybe the number one tight end in football this year. And all of a sudden, since Daniel Jones has taken over, his stock has been has fallen tremendously. Very interesting. I didn't even realize that either. Yeah. it's uh, it, it hasn't been pretty for him uh, with Daniel Jones at the helm. And as an owner of him in, in multiple leagues, I could tell you that uh, he's, he's really shit my team. Like, he's really... He, it's 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 been bad because poop in your mouth. I mean, he's had seven targets that first week against Washington, which is nice. Uh, Eleven targets, week five, but then not a but and then he missed it, and then five targets. So he's getting the targets, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because he's getting the targets. I highly doubt Daniel Jones' true throw value is high. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, Daniel Jones has also been shit since that Washington game. Yeah, I mean since the uh, Tampa Bay game, he's yeah. been absolute shit. Yeah. That's rough. My first stock down, maybe even more rough, uh, Damian Williams. Uh, yo, somebody dropped him in a league this week, and I went to pick him up, and I saw my bench options, and I was just like, Interesting. I don't, I don't know. know if I drop him. I don't know if I want him. Nine rushes for seven yards, or two receptions for negative one yards. That injury week one absolutely destroyed everything for Damian Williams. Like, one, they brought in LaShawn McCoy. Once that happened, obviously... It was tough to trust Damian Williams. Like his his uh, ADP fell a few rounds just right off that signing alone. But once he got hurt week one, he it was done for. And it's just it's really not looking good at all for Damian Williams. Yeah, it's really not. And and now Matt Moore at quarterback. Yeah, for at least two to three weeks. I mean, unless unless that means I mean, you could look at it the other way and say, hey, Matt Moore is a quarterback now. They're gonna need to run the ball more. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Um I'm I'm sticking at the running back and a guy who was picked early on, David Montgomery, two carries for six yards last game. Um coming out of a bye week. Be gone, David, said the Bears. Yeah, I mean coming out of a bye week where you saw Tariq Cohen start and I and and it's funny because Michael sometimes he's like says some weird shit when he's not paying attention. Michael goes, Ooh, Tariq Cohen starting. Just like that, like, you, <laughs> And it got my attention right away, and he played most of the game. And the Bears, we mentioned, last dead last in the league in rushing offense after one of, being one of the better rushing teams in the league last season. 
one of the biggest reasons why I think Mitch Trubisky is struggling at the rate that he's struggling this year is because he's not able to make plays on the run, which is his forte. He's accurate on the run, more accurate than he is in the pocket. He's great with his legs. He's a great runner. He had over 500 yards rushing last year. Um, same with with the whole offense. Seven rushes to 54 passes in that game against the Saints. And you could say what you want about game. Absolutely absurd. Say what you want about game script. I don't care if you're losing 100 to nothing. Seven rushes to 54 passes is not the way to win. If you're down 100 to nothing, it might be. Nah, no. You, you, you need to save as much time as possible. You need to throw it downfield every single attempt. Hope there's pass interference. I mean, if you <laughs> did you see that, was that the only story? time the Jets moved down the field? Yeah. They threw an did you see that story? And at the end of the game, um, Bill Belichick had 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 them commit penalties on purpose on on uh to get the clock to run down. Yeah, more. on completions because they knew it would get uh, denied because the completion happened, and it ran the clock. And over two minutes of game clock came out because of that. Yeah, that's a guy who's thinking on the next level. I mean, that's a guy who's figured idiot, out though. That's a guy who's figured out everything about football to the point where he's thinking about penalties on purpose. But it was thirty-three zip. Why wouldn't you hold that in your pocket till you need to use it? That's true. I mean, it's a loophole. What it are you can do about they it? They gotta figure something out about that. That's what Bill Belichick says. It's like, it's interesting. It's like they should close that loophole. You know how he does it because like with no emotion, they should close that loophole. But you know, the loophole's open right now. Dude's a fucking genius. Yeah, he is a fucking genius. It sucks. He was the, remember when he was a Jets coach for two days? You were too young to remember that. You were four years old when that happened. If that happened now, I'd cry. Yeah. Uh, but we, we no one knew how great he was at that point. Yeah. He just got him fired from the Browns. Good job, Brownies. Um, Michael, who's your second stock down? All Rams receivers. Really? Yes. Because you're like, oh, interesting. They just won 37-10 against Atlanta, right? You're like, why are you, why are you saying it now? It's because against Atlanta, Jared Goff for, threw for 268 passing yards and two touchdowns. And not a single Rams receiver put over 14 half PPR fantasy points. Two of them were in single digits. I mean, it's. And the one that wasn't was in 11. Yeah. And now that it's about to be halfway through the season, I mean, this is the Rams. Ex- how you guys had to accept the new realities. Yeah. Gerald Everett is the new number two option, apparently, behind Cooper Cup. Like, this is just how the Rams are operating this season. I don't know why the change. I mean, obviously, some of it has to do with Todd Gurley not being full Todd Gurley. But, I mean, Gerald Everett went four catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. He's a locked and loaded every week tight end one at this point. Uh, His last three games, Tim, outside of the San Francisco game. You can't just say outside the San Francisco game. All right, he had five targets that game. Obviously, it was a bad game. That, that was an abysmal performance. I mean, Jared Goff had 78 passing yards. Yeah, so shut your mouth. <laughs> the other three games, he had, what was it, eight targets, 11 targets, 10 targets, and at least 12.9 points in each of them. That's a locked and loaded every week, tight end one until further notice. Um, my last guy, another guy who is just like getting the targets, the looks are there, the production is just not there, Tyler Boyd. 14 targets. Unbelievable. 14 targets. Michael. Unbelievable. But only five catches. Unbelievable. Now, Andy Dalton threw two of his three interceptions late in the game when targeting Tyler Boyd. But you can't, it's not even just Dalton's fault. Three drops by Boyd. He scored less than 10 in four of the past five weeks. He's still seeing 26% of his target share. So maybe this is a guy you want to keep. Like, I don't know what options you have. No one's, his trade value is way too low right now to trade him. 
He's not a drop candidate. He's too good to drop. You can't bench him unless you have, like, you're playing with a league with two wide receivers who you start and you have a good guy on your bench. You got to play him and just hope it, you ride it out. Yeah. And it sucks. It does. My team, who, who on paper, in, in my money league, that looks like the best team in the league on paper, although I just lost on Johnson, so that might change soon. But And I love Tyler Boyd. My my Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, T.Y. Hilton. The on paper that looks like the best trio of you wide receivers think, in the league. You got to think it can turn around for T.Y. Bo- Tyler Boyd though, and Keenan. Fifteen targets and but Keenan still, Allen. Jesus, word. It's hardcore, man. Yeah, and to Jiminy, your cricket Hilton. This guy's <laughs> this guy's killing me though, for real. It's killing me. Yeah, that's rough. Michael, who you got? Josh Gordon, Jacoby Myers, and Nikhil Harry. There you go. Mohamed <laughs> Sanu is there. See ya. Josh Gordon. Honestly, Josh Gordon might be droppable depending on the league. He's basically uh, been droppable since week one. Uh, depending on the league, dude. Uh, eight team leagues, absolutely. Ten team leagues, maybe. No. Twelve team leagues, depending how struggling you are. Stop. I mean, why? Stop though? yourself. Dude, he has on the season. 44 and a half fantasy points. Yes, yeah, it's, it's rough. Outside of week one, 2.9, 11.4, 6.1, 8.4, 1.2. That's half PPR scoring, by the way. Half PPR scoring. I mean, it's been absolutely atrocious. You're making me sad. Uh, Real sad. I mean, this is why. I mean, I didn't draft Josh Gordon in any leagues. I liked him. I, I thought he was going to be all right. But anyway, that'll do it for us today. A little- oh, a reminder. Well, I was going to give a program note. Okay, go for yeah. it. So a little program note. We have a little bit of switcherooskies coming at you today. So we already did our Monday episode on Tuesday. So we're going to do our regular episode on Thursday. But you might be asking yourself right now, but what about the Thursday night game? Me and Michael are going to record that and come to you live. Well, not live. Definitely recorded on Wednesday just for the Thursday night preview. And then on Thursday, you'll have the regular uh for one and two episodes, I'm not going to be on that those episodes because I'm accompanying my sixth graders on a trip, um, and we're going to a camp and we're staying there overnight. So How cute. while you guys are listening to fantasy and having a good time, I will be watching forty sixth graders from the Bronx who have never seen grass, who've never seen trees before, in the woods. So uh, pray for me. Making the world a better place. I mean, I'm trying. That's all I could do, right? Michael, where can they find you? Mike on this corporate trap. You can find me at Tim Trap on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Shout out to Thrive Fantasy, our sponsor. Uh, for your first deposit of $10 or more, you get a free $10 when using the promo code B-R-O-T-O. Until next time. Oh, patreon.com slash brotofantasy if you didn't already get it the yeah. first 900 times. Until next time. Later. Later.